0: This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Nix. I'm Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Alistair Fury of Silvera. Uh, We're going to be having a conversation about carbon offsets. how the market is changing, what companies need to know when they figure out their carbon offset strategy. I think this is going to be a great conversation. Alistair, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start off with um, why we're even talking about this at all? I understand your organization is uh, relatively young. It was created to solve a problem everyone is facing. Why do you exist?
1: That's a great question. Um, So carbon markets have been around for a long time, uh, for at least 20 years. the crux of the matter is really carbon was never bought for a regulated claim or an accounting claim. Uh, the t- Carbon has typically been bought for marketing purposes. So um, the budgets have been quite small. Um, corporates have bought uh, carbon as a way of telling a story. Uh, what's changed now is net zero. So the governments of the world have de- decided, um, backed by the science, we need to reduce our emissions 90%. We need to remove all of the emissions that are left at the end of that, uh, that uh, time by 2050 latest. Uh, and that's what we need to do to have a, a chance of keeping the world to 1.5 degrees of warming. Now, um, that sets carbon in a very different context because now it really matters uh, that they're doing uh, the credits are doing what they claim. Um, and uh, that ramp up to 2050 or much earlier in the case of many corporates uh, means more money is going to be spent. And at the same time, there's more scrutiny from the outside world. We're seeing press uh, articles week after week questioning whether the impacts are real. So um, as this change is happening, there's a need for a third party who is not conflicted, who's not selling the credits, who's not taking payment from the people selling the credits, but just to provide accurate, neutral uh, advice and opinion and data uh, on the quality of the credits. And by quality, I mean really two things. Uh, one, um, is a tonne a tonne? Is a credit really delivering uh, a reduction in the atmospheric CO2 concentration of a tonne? Uh, and the uh, the other aspect is risk. Um, Maybe uh, that credit will be repatriated by the co- government of that country. Maybe Indonesia changes its policy. Uh, maybe it's a forest and the forest is at risk from fire or it's a mangrove, which is at risk from um, sea level rise. Uh, those things are manageable if you have the data. Uh, but now um, the, the stakes are changing. Uh, there's, a, there's a need for accurate data. And, and that's never been available until uh, until we uh, existed.
0: Now. Nope. I'd like to use an analogy just to make sure i understand what we're talking about here um if i am buying a, a building you know i don't go to the owner and say is the foundation safe you know when did the furnace get replaced when did the roof get replaced is it structurally sound i hire a building inspector who doesn't have a relationship with the current owner who goes through who knows what they're looking at who can document this is all real and then i actually get a report that i can say this is third party verified i am buying this thing in this state of repair and it is this value, and I can go to a bank and I can prove it, and it's not the landlord and I having a conversation, it's a building inspector. Is this the service that you're offering the carbon market? Uh,
1: That's a great analogy. Um, That's exactly right. So historically, it would be the vendor that would vouch for the quality of the carbon. Uh, And that is obviously, uh, there's a conflict of interest there. As the vendor, you're always gonna say, it's great, even if your intention is good, you know, you still need to pay the bills, and uh, there's an intention. There's a kind of a, a net effect to be a little more rosy and positive than uh, than maybe justified. Uh, so yeah, exactly as you say, you really want a third party who who's only interested in being accurate because that's really where our reputation lies, providing an accurate um, reflection of reality, uh, so the buyer can make their own choices um, and and see that what's being sold to them is real. And I think the uh, you mentioned a word there um a price or value i can't remember the word you you used um yeah oftentimes if you you know if you're going to buy a building and there's some works you need to do because there's some defect um you might want to still buy the building anyway right but you will just uh you'll just pay a lower price you'll want to pay a lower price that will be the fair value um and i think this is something uh again as the budgets are going up in the in the in this corporate sustainability teams um there's a much more uh, focus on value. Um, People want to have the climate impact, but they don't want to overpay. And also, if there's some kind of question about the quality of the project, they want to make sure that it's reflected in the price. Um, So the two things go hand in hand.
0: I feel like a lot of this is actually talking about risk management. I mean, it's risk management of you know, is this forest going to be here in 30 years? Is it a good investment for you? Or is that mangrove swamp going to be healthy in, in 10 years? Or do you need to do some reclamation to keep you know, rising sea levels from being an issue? Is that sort of the nature of your business then? Uh,
1: I mean, the data is critical for risk management. Yeah, absolutely. And um, again, this is kind of back to the transition we were talking about at the top. Um, historically, there wasn't any oversight um, of uh, corporate sustainability spending on carbon from uh, finance, from the CFO, from compliance, from risk functions, uh, and as the dollar value goes up, that changes because you're passing all kind of thresholds, you know, you spend 500k, okay, maybe there's pretty light oversight, you spend 50 million, okay, it's a different game altogether. Um, so the the finance teams expect this data to be available, they expect uh the people who are controlling these budgets to go through proper process to have uh, assurance from third-party uh, providers uh, yeah and ultimately it does come down to risk it's reputational risk but it's also like risk of impairment later on you know if these credits are sitting on a balance sheet uh, and something happens you might have to write those down that's going to have to go to the audit, auditor uh, so it, it kind of gets real uh, in terms of the financial impact and that risk is like a key part of that for sure
0: I mean, it it sounds like a a really good idea that it's time had come. Uh, I wonder if you could give us maybe a concrete example of what this looks like in real terms.
1: Um, So oftentimes you'll have corporates that have maybe dabbled in the carbon market before. So they'll have bought a few credits, uh, they'll have retired them, they'll have maybe even reported those to the outside world. Uh, So normally we would come in at that point and say, hey, like uh, let's look at what you've done in the past uh, and we'll use our software tools. So we have a SaaS application um, we can look up the credits they bought in the past and we can look at the, the quality of those uh, and we can basically do an exercise where we we trim the ones that are uh, not so great and we can replace them going forwards or the client can replace those in their purchases going forward so the, the quality problem gets fixed pretty quick uh, and in that process they can start thinking about savings so hey um, they may have been buying a a middle grade credit maybe or a slightly lower grade credit like a B grade credit for $7 we could probably show them uh, credits on the market um for $5 that would be a higher quality so you you're getting higher quality at a lower price oftentimes um so that's the kind of that's the kind of step 1 uh, it's just cashing in the benefits of uh, managing the risk and procuring intelligently with data uh and that usually uh is the kind of year one journey for a corporate, just getting them up to speed with how they will operate when they have this new data and new, new tooling.
0: You know, having uh, established a, a third party that can verify it's real and, and it's worth this, that's great. But I think, you know, having solved that issue that everyone was struggling with, you know, there are so many other steps in, in that journey towards net zero. And I imagine you have plans for that. Um, tell us what they are.
1: Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a great question. The uh, the next step, or in in fact, sometimes the first step, if, if people haven't yet even engaged in carbon markets at all, is to think about the context of this net zero journey. So as we talked about the, the, at the top, uh, most uh, most sustainability teams are thinking about a multi-year journey to reduce their emissions and to start removing them and to some, uh, oftentimes invest in uh, reduction of emissions outside their value chain with carbon credits. So um, what you sometimes see is a position being taken in a in a company that isn't really referencing what's going on in the world. It's an internal discussion. So what we've done is we've um, we've brought all of the actual uh, disclosures together and cleaned them up. So th- what that means is for any corporate that reports to the Carbon Disclosure Project, uh, we've Cleaned up their emissions uh, uh, de- declarations, and we've cleaned up their uh, use of carbon credits, and we've uh, ing- we've brought in data from other sets, uh, data sets from the registries that we have licensing agreements with, and merged those and some other sources as well. So it's the it's the it's the best uh, data set there is, uh, and it's maintained live that shows what different corporates have done over the last few years. Um, because really, what you want to do if you have a budget that's material is figure out where it's going to land you in your peer group. If you're uh, Ford, you want to know, if I'm going to spend this $20 million, am I going to be top quartile if I'm looking at Toyota, if I'm looking at GM, if I'm looking at Honda, if I'm looking at all of the other auto manufacturers? Um, because you don't want to spend $20 million and then be in the bottom quartile. That's not going to look great. Uh, you're going to disclose this in your sustainability reporting and the SEC is going to enforce that uh, disclosure of this, whether you like it or not. So this is, a, this is a, an impending... Uh, uh, lens of transparency that's going to be light of transparency shining on the entire universe of listed businesses um, so uh, we allow our users to track where they are on a given day because uh, it's maintained uh, on a on a live basis versus that peer group uh, so they always know that uh, their their policy their their actions are going to uh, look positive with respect to their peers uh, and not it's not like an internal position being made. It's like, no, we're actually executing uh, and the world can see and the uh, the teams internally know where their policies and their uh, decisions are going to land them in, uh, as, uh, because that's really how the world is going to look at, uh, at them. It's going to say, well, hey, you may be taking some action, but 90% of your peers are taking more action than you. Uh, and the the asset owners, the pension funds, the asset managers um, are going to hold the listed businesses to account. And That's kind of uncomfortable, and uh, that shouldn't be a an accidental thing. It should be a deliberate thing. And again, it's the data, it's the tools that help teams to uh, to have a great strategy.
0: Well, and I think that makes a lot of sense to have a benchmarkable uh, forum, which is you know private. I mean, it's behind a curtain. It's it's your clients can see where everyone else is to know if they're making a smart choice because. In an unregulated market first of all we need someone to say is this carbon real or not and how valuable it is and then once you have a verifiable thing well how do i stack up and i think that's a great service for the future and again it's one of those things i'm kind of blown away it didn't already exist exactly such a good idea yeah <laughs> you know we've, we've talked about uh, a third party arbitrator who can say yes this carbon is worth what it's worth we've talked about the ability to sort of benchmark with your peers uh, it sounds like a, a great offering that you have So I try to put myself in the position of a sustainability leader. How would I get into business with you? Like what does partnering with you look like?
1: So the way we'd normally start is just a conversation. We wanna understand the context of uh, the businesses we're working with. Um, What we normally end up with is uh, facilitating access to the tools and data that we have. Um, And that's in two two ways. Uh, One with a web application. Uh, So we pipe the live data on the projects that we're tracking um, and their prices, uh, which we, we have a partnership with one of the exchanges and we're bringing price data to the, to, to the users. Um, so the, our partners can uh, use that in their decision-making. We'll onboard the, uh, our partners with those tools and, and get them set up and make sure that they're getting value and they can use, them, uh, uh, use that data to communicate the rationale behind their decisions internally and externally
0: and once they're seeing value and they're up and running, what comes next?
1: Uh, So what comes next is uh, we make sure that they're self-sufficient, they can use those tools and uh, they're they're good to go. Uh, And then the next question arises, which is like, where are we going to go from here? Uh, How are we going to run this program in in a multi-year way? And oftentimes the thing that comes up then is like, uh, how are we going to secure supply of enough high quality carbon Uh, to last us out for the next one, two decades, oftentimes. Uh, And there we we have another product that we can help with, which is evaluating projects that are in development right now. There's not enough good, high-quality supply. Many corporates that we work with are doing long-term agreements uh, to buy carbon from various third parties. Um, So we can help them do that. it's It's a more sophisticated way of acting, uh, they can reap uh, great rewards from that because they're locking in a price over multiple years, a bit like a power purchase agreement. Um, but the, the, the risks are there also. So again, um, we can help them to evaluate those uh, investment opportunities, those, those uh, off-taking opportunities upfront. Uh, that usually becomes the next phase of our uh, engagement with them to build that long-term program.
0: You know, we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. I wonder if there are one or two key takeaways you want people to think about a little further.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, key takeaways. Is, uh, I'd say, look, uh, we've seen it an again and again. Uh, an internal team gets spun up, and they are reinventing the wheel. Uh, and uh, corporates are spending quite a lot of money and quite a lot of uh, uh, time of really great, uh, high-value resources. They're, they're best, some of their best people uh, to solve a problem that uh, we've solved. Uh, with 150 dedicated people. So we can get a much better answer, much more cheaply. Uh, we can uh, release those team to work on the strategic things rather than the day-to-day things, add more value internally. And uh, there's just the tools and how to do this in a, uh, properly in a sophisticated way um, that's scalable uh, and uh, can see them forward towards their net zero journey and um, and that's not been that's not been the case like for for, for forever really so so uh, it's great news for those teams that they have these tools now and they can just move onwards <laughs> to deliver to deliver the outcomes their stakeholders are expecting.
0: For people who want to learn more, ask a few questions, maybe even partner with you. Uh, what is the best way to get in touch?
1: Uh, I mean, for sure, our website is usually the best place. So it's silvera.com. And uh, there you can book a demo, you can uh, get to speak to some of our team. Uh, we're often at sustainability events. Um, so we, uh, we like to work face-to-face. Uh, we're just, uh, we've just started an office in the US in New York, uh, likewise opening one in Singapore. So we'll have uh, APAC, uh, EMEA and uh, North American um, boots on the ground. Uh, but yeah, best, best place to start usually the website and we can open the door, get a conversation started.
0: I encourage everyone to visit that website. I I think this has been a fantastic conversation about something that is both important and new and universally useful. So, I mean, how often do you get to say that? Alistair, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Nix, let's do it again soon.